Welcome to Ideas on Trial. I'm your host, Leopold Ajami, and I have with me my co-host, Ricardo Pinto. Every time I listen to our music, to the podcast music, I feel a lot like Alice in Wonderland. But I don't feel like I'm falling, rather like I'm in a quest for clues. So a lot like Hercule Poirot, right? And the reason I feel that is because I don't know, I feel there's something really magical about it. I love the music and I have someone to thank for that. So in today's episode, we have a very special guest and we are putting music on trial. And our guest is the man behind our podcast music, Edmund Red. Ed is a composer for video games, films, TV and other media. He also teaches audio production and audio and music compositions for video games. And you can find his work on edmundredd.com. Hello, Ed. Hi, Leopold. Hi, Ricardo. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So today we have a couple of undisputed ideas we want to put on trial. And some of the question we're thinking of is, you know, want to understand from you, what's the power of music and how does it affect our lives and how does it affect our character? So we have a lot of questions, but the first question I want to start with is, do you love the podcast music as much as we do our, our podcast music? Well, definitely. Yes, of course. And, and every music that I write usually is there's a part of me in it. So that's very important. So yeah, the the podcast music is is a is a nice funny story because when you approached me for that one, if you want me to talk about the process, that's that Please. would be something. So we were talking about how to make things happen and then we went on trial. So just this the idea and we had this the sound of um the hammer, right? The hammer, yeah. The the, yeah. the it has a it has a as a name word yeah. yeah i'm drawing a blank here but th that's yeah. that was the sound and it was like when you say or oh, rise there's this hit like it goes like tan 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 i was like okay that's that's a signature sound that we could use for the trial itself so the ideas on trial so we could use that and that was actually the the start of how the music uh, came to life so it always starts somewhere with an idea with something that we want to express and i build the idea around it Okay, Eddie, you're speaking Chinese, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay, I wish I tell, could. When you tell me ideas, I think about words, I think about products, I think about... Concepts. Concepts. Yeah, yeah, but anything. music? Like, how do you come up with an idea for a music? How does it look like? It, it's so strange, it's so abstract. It and is. it goes against conventional knowledge about music because we're told everywhere that music is all about feelings, not ideas, not concepts. So how do you think about that? Well, that's, that's an interesting approach that music is feelings. Well, I, I suppose if you take the other side of the coin, so when you're the one creating the music, not the one receiving the music, well, you have to express an idea. Right. And then you as a listener, you'd listen to it and then it will trigger some feelings. Now, is it the feelings that I wanted to express or not? That's a different story. But as a composer, it's my role to put ideas, whether concepts, whether colors, whether taste, whether feelings, anything, any idea into music. I mean, if you listen to, I, I won't start naming composers and stuff, but when you go for, for let's say, well, I don't know if it's appropriate right now to talk about that, but if you talk about Russian... Um, of course it's appropriate. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but, but I mean, the communist anthem and stuff like that, well, yeah. those are political music, you know? It carries an idea. And now the feeling is different. The, 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 the answer, the response of the listener is probably something different, but the idea behind that music is to carry a message. So music and lyrics and as any way of expression, like words, 
they are here to express an idea. And if you can articulate clearly what you have in mind with words, well, you could do it with music as well. Yeah. Before I step back and ask you a question there, I just want to make a disclaimer yep. that we, we are against the idea of banning Russian literature or la Russian music or any kind of that because of I mean, what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Like that, that's something, something ridiculous we find. So yeah, yeah having fine. said that, yeah, having said that, I mean, again, I, I want to push back this idea because to me, me just, yeah, just to clarify one thing just about Russian thing. Yeah, we are, I, I'm probably against that as well, but I'm against also the war that is happening. So yes, same just here. to be clear on, on, on that. Same here. So, sure. uh, yeah. Okay. So let me clarify my question. When I think of ideas on trial, right? Like to me, in my mind, the concept is, okay, we are in court and we're judging. So in court, you judge people, you punish or reward people. There's a concept of justice, but we're, we're turning that we're making it, we're judging ideas. Okay. So I can imagine that there's all these concepts around it, the judge, the defender, all rise, let's put ideas on trial, right? So the, the, the conceptual framework there is kind of easy, right? Like it's, it's not easy, but it's, you can't, you can't conceive it. But how do you do that with, with music? Like, do you think about the surrounding? Do you think about what's the sound? Do you imagine what would be the sound of uh, the court or what? like, how, how do you do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, there, there are a few things to, to take in consideration is basically the, the end goal of the music you're writing. So if you're writing music just for the sake of writing music, that's one thing. If you're writing music to support a movie or a picture or a game, that's another thing because you have like visual indication on screen what's of what's happening or maybe the underlining thing that are happening that might not show on screen. So that's the second part. And the third part is like when you do music and that's called sonic branding. So when you try to find the sound of a brand. So... Yeah. There are different approaches, of course, and each has its own probably process or way of, of approaching things. So yeah, a few people would find it easier maybe to have an image and then compose to picture and hence the, the composers, music composers for films and TV and media. And you have other would, who would say or would talk about the muse and wait for inspiration and try to write something whatever it comes and then you have the branding where it becomes a bit more complex because it's like you have to go for an abstraction of an idea so if you're doing an airplane maybe commercial or branding for an airplane brand you'd have to think about okay what's the sound of the cabin what's the sound of the airport what's the sound i mean even if if you if you listen to to one of probably the, the most expressive branding, sonic branding is, um, well, there's a lot of, of example in that, but you could take, for example, let's say the Mac, when you turn on a Mac computer, there's this chime, well, it's in C major, it's like a positive chord and it welcomes you into the Mac. That's as simple as that, whereby you can go for, let's say a McDonald's where you have I'm loving it, the, the jingle. So that's the happy place. That's where you want to spend some time. So it's like, it depends really on the product. So there's a lot of abstraction when it comes to Sonic branding as well. Mm. So you're talking about the end result. Uh, and I know it's so hard. Uh, so when we're talking about music, the, the range is so large, right? Yep. Uh, but I want to focus the discussion on what you're doing now, uh, which is more into trailer music and video games, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's music without lyrics. So we're not talking about songs, even though we might uh, touch a little bit on it. And I, I know like I'm a fan of soundtrack as, as well. And I remember we talked about that uh, a lot before. So, so I guess my question is when you talk about the end result, is the end result an injection of a specific kind of emotion? Like that's how you think about it. 
and that emotion is beyond like happy or sad and i'll give you an example right like one of the one of one of the reasons why i love soundtracks whether i'm watching the movie or not is because i the the, the composer makes me imagine the prog pro, progression of events right and 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 i go through this roller coaster of of emotions so it's not just one emotion it's not and it's so hard like how do you think about that what how, how do you think about emotions when you're composing again so just to make the clarification between the the trailer music and the soundtrack because the, these are two different worlds i'd say but to answer yeah whenever we're writing music or whenever i'm writing music i'm looking into telling a story so yes there's definitely it's not just emotions so it's not happy or sad and it's not major and minor chords only so that's beyond those too too small thing it's a bit more complex than that i want you to uh, i want you as a listener to engage with the music and and feel that i'm taking you from point a to point f going through b c d e for example so for trailer music it's simpler because we're not we're not scoring to picture so we have a set of like a set structure for that I need to take you from a generic feeling of like establishing shots, just setting a mood, a certain mood that I'm looking at. So for example, I'll give you a, a more detailed example. If we're talking about uh, a Marvel movie, so I want to introduce you first to uh, the universe where it's happening, whether it's on earth or whether it's on a certain planet, far distant planet in the universe. So in order to do that, so I'll, I'll go and just establish that mood. If it's something that is out of this world, probably I would be looking into instruments that doesn't necessarily exist or some sounds that are not something that you'd hear on Earth. Mm -hmm. So I'm just giving you the idea of the location. Where is this happening? And what's the mood surrounding that? Is it scary is it something that is dark is it something that is light so for example for light i would use a flute or a piano so those are instruments that are we have them in in what we would call the the universal conscience mm. so we know what when we hear a flute it's somehow feminine light not not a recorder yeah. like the 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 flute the one yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. Yeah, so we have this idea. If we want something like the archetypes, it's like there's exactly. some kind of instruments. All right. Exactly. So when you go into like low brass, low brass instruments, there's something that is dark and happening and foreboding. So you need to to match the the instruments, like the words, to what you're saying, right? And then that's that's in a trailer situation. So the first act is like we're establishing the the mood, the ambience, the atmosphere where we're at. And usually, because trailer music is well, if if you want to put it in a in a in a clearer word, is marketing music. Mm. So yeah. it has a goal. This music has a goal, as well as the trailer music. The trailer itself has a goal is to get people to go and watch the movie. So you need to make it attractive. So trailer music comes and support that idea of being commercially viable, and it's it's commercial music. It's not it's not it's not looking for like some artistry or some like out of this world ideas in 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 performances. Right? Yeah. We need to get the idea there. The second, yeah, tell me. Uh, no, make your second point because I have a major point to make about the story thing. Okay. You can continue, please. Okay, fine. The second part is where we need to build a certain tension to what's happening. So we're looking into, okay, on, on screen, we're introducing the, the characters, we're introducing the plot, we're introducing the good, the bad, so there is something, there is a format to it. So here the music should be tensed. And usually to use this, uh, to have this tense feeling, 
we go for repetition. So that's something that we could use in music. So repetitive sounds, something that is consistently there. So it could be a bass line. It could be an ostinato string, which is a pattern that is repeated over and over and over and over. So when oh, you there's do a that, whole science behind this. Definitely. Definitely. And that's, that's only the, that's only the music. You still have the sound design that, that comes with that to support everything that you're doing. But basically use, use ostinatos at this moment is basically what you want to do most. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's your second act. And then you have the third act, which on screen is basically what is happening all over the place. So that you have the fast cuts, you have like the cuts that, last at just a second or, or two max. So there's a lot of action happening and you have to go into the full like meat and, and fat of the music. So you put all your instruments, all your percussion, everything is happening at this moment, but you have to have a cliffhanger at the end of it. Mm. So you need to take it, rise it, rise it, rise it, rise it, go to a climax. And when you reach the climax, just cut it. And you I leave your that. audience going like, <gasps> what happened? So, so it's, it's, it's it's like sad. the elements of a story. And I would, I would say it's, it's a lot like writing a series uh, story than writing just an, uh, one novel, specifically exactly. with the cliffhanger. Now you're leaving exactly. them waiting for the second, uh, second episode. Exactly. I love that. And maybe what's tricky about it is that Sometimes it shouldn't feel easy for the audience, not at every moment, because I really like the analogies of stories and more than an analogy. I think it's a truth because you're establishing some clues that the audience, the listener has to discover, has to pay attention to in order to reach that climax. So, for example, I was telling Leopold that one of my favorite composers is perhaps the father of all soundtrack music, Richard Wagner. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it took me time to like Wagner. I, I didn't fall in love with him uh, from my first listening, That's neither from the second. It took me so much time paying attention to his music, trying to memorize something because there isn't much melody there and reading the libretto and and there is a value once you can put everything together and that is true also of soundtrack music of every kind of orchestral big music right but yes you want to make a point no 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 i'm saying okay. yeah that's that's correct yeah but i feel that that's not the case anymore especially with popular music because it's composed in such a way that the audience has to get it quickly in five seconds because that's how much <laughs> they retain. So do you think that's a truthful appreciation of modern pop music, contemporary pop music? And what do you think is that? That's, that's a bit more complex. It's true that Wagner was, was probably and is the father of, of soundtrack music with his operas and his arrangements and stuff like that. And I suppose that many of the composers that came afterward, like Korngold and all those composers in the 1920s and uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, were largely inspired by, by Wagner, by the work of Wagner. And today's John Williams, for example, is largely inspired by Korngold. So there, there's, there's this continuation of things that we learned back in, in the 18, 1890s or something. So that, that was the time where Wagner was doing his operas and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that we learned. Now, when we go into pop music, it's like, well, it's, it's the, uh, to me, it's like the difference between writing a novel and a blog. That's... Mm. That's a very good analogy. If if you go if you go like yeah the blog is yeah we've learned a lot we've read a lot we've researched a lot but we need to put it in a format that probably cater for today's need. 
But that so, doesn't mean that you have to write the blog just to write anything. So you could have a well-written yeah. blog, but adapted to a format that is, let's say, a bit more contemporary, put it this way. But it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't you have to write uh, rubbish in your blog spots, right? Blog uh, blog post. So yeah. And and with the advance, well, there's there's something, and and I understand this this. I wouldn't say that classic classical music is on a higher level than pop music, or it's like for the elite. It's not. Classical music is for some some whoever wants to enjoy music. So I, I don't like this, this thing where we put classical music on a pedestal and say, yeah, the other music is bullshit, right? So, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, I want to say something about that because, I mean, on the one hand, it requires more work just from the length of it, right? And from the, you are composing for an orchestra. But on the other, that doesn't mean, I mean, Classical music was the popular music in the 19th century, exactly. right? And people went to the opera houses and to the, the symphonies. But yeah, just to give you an example that Mozart, back in his time, the music he was writing was popular music. If you take the Enchanted Flute, for example, well, that was like popular music. And people used to go to the opera and there were no seatings in the opera. They were just hanging out in the operas it wasn't like you have to dress up to go to an opera house and and, yeah, sit and they and... were rooting <laughs> exactly exactly so that's that's to sh that to shows you that that things evolve and yeah it's true that we don't write with pen and paper although some of composers still do that but we have tools today that with just a, a, a mouse click you can do music well is that bad per se well no that's technology It's, it's empowering people to express themselves. Now, I'm not saying that everybody will have great music, but it's like not everyone is a good writer. I'm not. Although I studied copywriting and I, I, I was in communication, but I'm, I don't consider myself as a good writer. Now, I do express my ideas in a, in a clear way somehow, but that doesn't make me a good writer as much as maybe you play an instrument or Leopold plays an instrument, but that doesn't make you a musician per se. Yeah. Surely. You know, this is a big debate between, you know, classical and popular and the, the whole historical thing behind it. Yeah. But I feel that, let me put it this way. Some music is written for your ears and others for your skin. But can you elaborate on that? <laughs> of course. So I, I'll give you an example. Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite composer of all time, as you probably know, is Ennio Morricone, right? And when when I listen to Ennio, he's he's I don't listen to him. I I feel him in my skin. I was just telling Ricardo, I have a very specific spot <laughs> where I feel his music, and it's it's the upper part of my spine and every time i listen to him this is where he hits me right so he so the i guess the the point is it's it's not about it's not a historical issue the value of of classical music versus popular it's about the emotions and the the emotions and the elevation that it gives you so so there's an emotional part But there's a spiritual part that classical music gives you, right? And I think that's that's the value of it. When I listen to Mozart or Ennio or you know any one of these giants, like I, it's not just that I feel it. I'm invited to a world where I can experience some something very specific, something that I want to experience. You see that? It's like their their music is moving my soul to a place I can't go alone. That's how I feel like I need them. So, so I don't know what you, if, if you experience that or if you feel that when you're writing your music. 
Well, that's that's extremely extremely personal, but yeah, when I get goosebumps, I know that I'm done with the music. Mm. Uh, th- I was asking Ricardo about that. Like, how do you judge that you're done with that? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, how can I, you I get to this. This I'm like, that's it. Mm. It doesn't need anything else. It's well, that's that's personal. I, I probably never. Well, just my wife knows that because she knows how how down I can go when I write music and I usually storm out of the studio and I'm like, I can't write. I'm a shit composer. I doesn't work. And then she tells me go back and figure it out. And then I have to go back to my studio, close the door and try to find it out. And two hours, three hours later, I'm like, yeah, got it. So that's, that's how it works for me. But to go back to your point, um, I I really appreciate the fact that you enjoy Enio this much, but I mean, not everyone would enjoy Enio the way mm. you enjoy it. So I can't I can't speak either of, of you or Enio. But the thing is, and to keep in mind is, when you listen to music, it puts you somewhere. No matter what music you listen to. I don't know what you, you, you heard in the summer of 96, for example, as music on the radio. And then now if you listen to it, you're like, oh, this reminds me of. Yeah. It puts you directly into the first time you listen to it or with whom you listen to that music or in which occasion you were or in which psychological mind you're, you were into that that period i for me for example there's there's one song an opeth it's a it's a heavy metal band opeth and there's another one a porcupine tree when i listen to them i cry without even noticing mm. it's not because the music is uh, the music is amazing it's not there's an association song, with but something. there is an association to a certain period of life of my life where I was struggling with that. And that music was here as a support. I was listening to that on repeat. And then when I listened back to it, it automatically threw me in that period of time. Okay. I want to ask you a question here. Yep. Do you think, because I'm thinking now about the role of music in in the culture and in character development. Do you think you can reverse the pro- uh, reverse engineer the process of association. So, for example, if I'm born listening to you brought Britney Spears last time, Ricardo. So I'm gonna bring Britney Spears. If I if I'm listening to Britney Spears, <laughs> and you know that's all what I listen to. Is that how how can you educate me on different genre or or classical music? Because I still believe there's a real value from classical music. And I'm not saying that you have to listen to it every day, but there, there's something there that I'm trying to articulate. There's something important spiritually for you. It's like, it's like, it's, I, I can't imagine life without such music. And I know that maybe not all people feel this way, but how can you teach someone, I guess that's my question, to appreciate such music, whether, you know, glorious soundtracks or classical music or that's that's a tough one to be honest i know and i'm grappling with that as well so let's Um, grapple together (laughs) yeah yeah what i'm what i'm looking at actually okay i'll try to to divide this into several parts just to make sense of what's happening so well if you didn't get the educational part when you were young can you reverse it when you're adult? That's one part. Yeah. And the other part is, if you don't like this kind of music, can I make you like it? No, it's not about that. If you're not, if you don't appreciate, for example, classical music, is, is there a way to teach it? you? Sorry. Yeah, but why don't you appreciate it? Is it because you don't? Because like of it? no, because of association. Let's say I've never listened to it in my childhood so i don't have the association that you're talking about therefore i don't connect with it right that's my but question let's, let's put that as an example with food yeah if i tell you that's a f- japanese fish you never ate fish in your life and that's a japanese fish would you taste it well some people will 
Some people won't as a starter. Some people, the, the, the ones who tasted it, some would like it, some won't. So, you know, there's a lot of variables in that. So we can't really trace it back to something that is a definite answer for that. I just want to point out that that is a really helpful analogy because I guess uh, the difference that Leopold was trying to establish with uh, some music is for the hearing or for the skin is that some music aims at capturing a moment, a specific uh, feeling, for example, or a situation, a memory you have. Another type of music try to tries to recreate an experience. And both are valid and both are necessary. And if you think about food, so I don't remember what you mentioned, Japanese fish. Imagine I haven't tasted it, but if I cook it in a rush and I tell you, oh, come on, taste this. I will probably won't have a pleasant experience, right? But if I go to the restaurant and I go through the whole process and the etiquette and I have a memorable experience around that, I have taken the time to, I, I'm not habituated to it yet. It's not part of my character of who I am, but now I have, I have taken the time and I know that it's probably worth it. And that's, I think the first question that anyone can ask themselves, should I listen to new music? Yeah. Why? That, that makes sense and that's totally true. You have to take time to listen to new music and to understand what's happening with you. It's not something that will hit you. Well, it, it might hit you if, you if you're watching a movie and then you listen to a music and you hear that music and you're like, oh, 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 I like that. And you go and look it up. Usually, most of the time, film music is there to support it. Now, if I tell you to hum one of the Marvel's theme, or music that is happening on, in their movies, you probably won't be able to. If I tell you what's the, the Hulk theme or whatever, but if I tell you what's the Star Wars theme, well, you, you'll go and, and sing it out loud, right? So that's, that's a different thing as well. As you said, there is some music that is here to support. There are other music that are here to, to recreate a feeling. And we as humans, most of the time, are attracted by melody. So if you can hum it, if you can sing it, it's like, it's like, this is why songs are more popular than music, because you can put words, and then the melody would fall under those words, and you can hum it. Yeah, and there is something cognitive about that. It's, exactly. It's the concrete identity you can retain. Exactly. For example, like a passage from a poem or a specific scene from a novel you read. Exactly. So that makes it easier for you to memorize songs rather than music. So in order to understand music, you'll have to give it some time. You have to give the experience then. Now, from a, per from a composer perspective, when I listen to music, I don't just listen to music. To start with, I barely have time during the day to listen to music because I'm working, writing music. So I can't put music while I'm working. It doesn't work. But whenever I'm listening to music, it's always analyzing the music. Always. So how do you try yeah, that? that's that's hard. Can you take us? Yeah, through? sure. I'll I'll give you a simple example, and that's that's there are there are two ways actually to do it. It's either you listen to the music and you intently listen to one instrument and try to follow that instrument in the music. So let's say a bass part in a, in a lo-fi chill music. So listen to the bass. And then try to hear what's that doing over time. So it might be just one note at the beginning. And then when it goes into the, 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 the chorus, it goes into like a faster pace or whatever. So that's that's one way you can do it with no tools, with nothing, just sit back and have a good pair of headphones and listen to pick one instrument and try to follow it all the way. 
So that would give you an idea to start with. Try to find like patterns. Oh, yeah, okay. So that's that was, for example, the double bass was doing that. Now it's the bassoon that is doing that. So what is the relation between that instrument and that instrument? Is there any other instrument that are answering this question? So when you, you start understanding the story behind the the what's happening in the music, you have a better sense of what the composer wanted to say. So that's one. The other one, and this is my personal favorite, is to go and look for scores. So printed sheet of music, yeah. and then you play the music, and then you read the score. So like some people, and I know Leopold would, would, would agree with that, some people would enjoy books, and some people would enjoy audiobooks. I do enjoy an audiobook while having the actual book in front of me. So it's like I'm hearing and I'm reading and I'm assimilating the book twice as much as I would do differently. Now, yeah, there's, a, there's an inherent problem with audiobooks is sometimes that they're monotonous or they're not saying the right, or it, it limits the imagination of what I would have expected that the sound would be or something. Yeah, but at least I can have... An, and hearing an audible experience as long as a visual one. You 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 clarified something for me now. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I don't want to go back. I mean, I will go back to the analogy of, of the food because I wasn't convinced while you were talking. Okay. But but now you brought a couple of points, and I think it's important to 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 talk about it. So here's what I'm thinking. So I'm connecting the point of the food and the differentiation of pop music and, and classical. So there's a difference between physical needs and spiritual needs. The food is a physical need. And I would put that in the category of pop music. So pop music, you listen to it. I like it. I don't like it. The same way you would experience food. Right? Like, I, I've never tried uh, Japanese. I might not like it. Right? But it seems to me, and I'm, I, I don't know, it's top of mind, but it seems to me that there are some musics, some grand composition that are not equivalent to physical needs. They are written, as I said in the beginning, for your skin, they're written as a spiritual need. They are composed to elevate your spirit or to put you in a certain spiritual state. So it's, I don't find the analogy helpful for all kinds of music. It works, I think, for pop music, but I'm, I'm still stubborn on the point that, uh, you know, some music is written for your, for your awareness, for your conscious and subconscious mind. It's, it's written mm -hmm. to put you in a certain state. I don't know if that's helpful, but I'm, I'm raising this up because I've always loved music and I would listen to hard rock and classical music at the same time. So I, I love all, almost all genre, genre. But I think what helped me appreciate music is philosophy. Because when I started studying philosophy, I started making some links between how we view the world and how we view ourselves in the world and what the composer is trying to do. Like if I go to your website and I was doing this today uh, and I listened to the, the fables. Fable. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's beautiful. And it, it took me to a certain world and I want to invite our audience to go there and to listen to any of these tracks. It's not a music that you can put in a, I don't know, restaurant, right? Like, but it's a music for, and it's not a music for concentration. To me, I go to your website before I start working. I get my injection, right? And I, I pump myself up and then I start working. Does it make sense? It does. And there's definitely, I'm not saying that all music is created equal. That's, that's not what I said, but I'm yeah. saying that, yeah, there's, there's like, there are music for me, for example, the, the Mozart Requiem is something that is like, I would say completely out of this world. 
like if you haven't heard that please do so i urge you I, that's that's the least you can do for humanity <laughs> is to go and listen <laughs> and listen to the the mozart requiem i mean it's it's beyond imaginable what that kind of music is I don't know if he was, he was, I don't know what was the, and, and you look at the Requiem and you look at the Enchanted Flute and you're like, wait, how come? And it's that's like, why, that's why, sorry, that's why Eddie, yeah. you have philosophers, for example, like Nietzsche would say without music, life would be a mistake. Yeah. Or just now, uh, Ricardo read something from uh, Victor Hugo, Victor Hugo. Uh, if you can bring it up. Like, it, it's not random, right? Like, without such music, I think life would be a mistake. Like, I don't yeah, want to live definitely. in a world without such music. Yeah. You want to read that, uh, Ricardo? And sure. I, I want to ask you a personal question after that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. But I want to challenge you first. <laughs> yeah. So the quote by Hugo is, quote, music expresses that which cannot be said and on which it is impossible to be silent, unquote. Which is beautiful. So I'm not bought into the distinction between the physical and the spiritual because I think both are physical and both are spiritual. Um, yeah, they are both, but there's I think there's a primary focus to certain levels. I would put it as one is metaphysical. Yeah, Mozart, Mozart's requiem yeah. is metaphysical, right? Yeah, you could argue that uh, Ennio's music. Uh, has metaphysical themes also Absolutely. and other type of music is more uh, situational it captures some moments for example in my case my metaphysical music is uh, Wagner Tristan and Isolde but I also love love Motown music for example and Motown music is playful it's yeah. joyful and I have moments for those, but it depends on what I want, what kind of world I want to access at the precise moment. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And that's why I, don't, I didn't feel that the analogy is accurate for me to distinguish it in my mind. Uh, definitely, I'm not saying that music is for for your. I don't. I want. I don't want to body. go into the, the the metaphorical and stuff like that. But just to keep in mind that. There's the receiver end and there's the maker end. Yeah. So it depends. So again, the analogy wasn't perfect uh, as such, but you need to understand there's the way I perceive music versus the way I listen to music as a listener with no knowledge of music whatsoever. So yeah. I, in my mind, I can analyze what's happening. For example, even if I'm listening to a Sia song, a Billie Eilish song or a Mozart song, yeah. I can go and say, okay, what did this, for example, if you take, I think it was Hans Zimmer in Inception, maybe, or something. He took Edith Piaf, No Rien de Rien, the mm. music. He slowed it down, took an octave, uh, take it, took it to an octave below, reverse it and make that sound. So that, for example, is genius, mm. right? But Mozart back then, wouldn't have those tools in order yeah. to create such things. So I, I feel that, and I always question myself, what would Mozart do or what would Mozart have done if he had what we have today? Mm. Would that, for example, make him less a genius than what he is or more of a genius? Would and if he had AI, maybe. Exactly. So, so all those questions, you can't compare like, okay, fine. You don't like going back to that analogy. And I hope it was the last, it's the last time, but it, was the fish made by a, an amazing chef less remarkable because you didn't like it? Of course not. Yeah. So always keep that in mind and question yourself that, yeah. Okay. Now, Mozart genius, that's a different story. If we want, we could we could talk about that. But the idea is keep in mind we are living in a in a world where we have access to almost everything at a fingertip that used to take us ages to get back then. And I'm talking like 20 years ago. Yeah. We couldn't have access to a studio, a musical studio, without paying thousands and thousands of dollars. 
and now a couple of, of hundreds and you get a, a fully functional studio that is beyond what you could have had 10 years ago. Yeah. I remember once you shared with me a, a story uh, that really touched me. And I want you to share it with, uh, with our audience if, if, you, if you're willing. And it's the story of, so I remember that one time you shared with me that you wrote to Gabrielle Yared and you were young, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you learned? And the reason why I'm asking this is because I know there are some people who are listening to us who are into music and all that. And I have to say that I've witnessed how much consistent uh, you are, at least when you were in Dubai, now you're on, in Canada, but I witnessed how consistent you were in, in, in developing your skills and in, in studying and in trying and in failing and in succeeding. And it's for me beyond music, that's an exemplar of productivity and purposefulness. Uh, so I celebrate that, but I want you to tell us about Gabriel Yared. What happened? Okay. So just a uh, uh, heads up. I love Gabriel Yared. I have nothing against the guy and yeah. he's amazing. He's an amazing Who composer. Is he? Okay, he's a, he's a French, yeah, he's a French composer from Lebanese origins. He's behind few scores, notable scores, one of which is The English Patient. He won an Oscar for that. And he's, he's currently... The notebook? Isn't he behind The Notebook? Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember all of his scores, but he started back then in, in the 80s with French New Wave Cinema. I forgot the, the director's name. He's a self-taught composer. He, so in a nutshell. City uh, of Angels, City of Angels. City of Angels, that's right, that's right. That's one of the scores, for example, that made me wanted to get in touch with such a person. So I, I researched about the guy and I knew, well, you could- That was like, what, to... 20 years ago, right? If not more. Whoa. Do I have to mention that? <laughs> no, but, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. You sounded older. That was like what, fifty years ago? <laughs> probably around that time. Yeah, it was. Well, let's say no it was around no 2000, 2004, 2006, Probably around that time. It was like a turbulent time back in in Beirut, Lebanon. There was like this war, and I don't know what was happening, but that. It was a dark period of time. So I researched, and back then you have to put in, in perspective that YouTube was created in 2000 and what, seven, eight, maybe. So back in 2004, there were no YouTubes, right? Google was maybe just starting or something. So it wasn't that accessible and easy to, to find. Yeah. So I, I could actually find his physical address in Paris, France. So I was looking into some yellow pages back then and stuff like that. So I could find his physical address. So I was like, okay, instead of writing an email, I'm going to write like a, a handwritten letter. And I did that and I sent it. And I was just hoping that he would read it, you know, why he, oh, I, I attached also, yeah, I attached also with this letter, a small CD that was the trend back then. You, you could have your regular, like, circular CD, but you could have also a, a rectangular one. one. Yeah, a ah, rectangular yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah. <laughs> so I, I sent that with, with my handwritten letter and I was hoping that someone would listen to. And what now, was the context of the letter? Mm. Just grosso modo, like you asked yeah. your op his opinion or something. Yeah, because I was I was asking. Yeah, I wanted to do music for film from so long. I wanted to compose music. I just wanted to be in music for films, and I would do anything for that. Mm. So yeah, you're right. I was probably around my mid twenties because when I got the answer, because I got an answer back, but it was an email and I printed that email and I read it. And I remember I was in Cyprus at that time because there was like a war happening in Lebanon. So I read it and I was like, that's utter bullshit. Mm -hmm. And that was back then that I need to, to really mention that. So the reason why- So you weren't I, happy. 
with what's at going all, on. At all, and I was like completely deceived. And I was like, who is he? Who is he to tell me that I'm late for that, that I'm, I'm in, in my mid-20s and that there's nothing left for me to do? And then it's like it, it pushed me to... I don't know if it was consciously or unconsciously, but it pushed me to prove him wrong somehow. It was like a challenge. I put to myself that, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. Fast forward to maybe a couple of years when I moved to Canada. So I was just moving my, my stuff from Dubai to Canada. And I got to see his email. Because it was in my papers. I, I was like, that. Huh, let me read that again and see where I'm at. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I I had completely forgotten about that that email and that challenge that I've put to myself. And when I read it, I was like, seriously, this is what I got from it. The guy was extremely supportive. He was telling me that listen, it's a very tough thing it's a very tough journey you have to go through at 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 your mid-20s it's gonna be tougher because you haven't started at that time but that doesn't mean that you can't do it so and and the 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 follow-up that he hadn't had the chance to listen to my music because the cd wasn't working or he didn't have a cd player or something but anyways, if I wanted to carry on with music, know that it's a very extremely hard journey. And I was like, huh, <laughs> how did I come up with that challenge? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just to tell you, it's like because I wanted to, to hear that differently, because I wanted to interpret things differently, which probably ties again back to what we're talking it's about how you perceive things and how you want to perceive things. So yeah. if you're clear on your ideas and if you're clear on what you hear, then it's, it's up to you to understand the music or not. This is a beautiful story. And I remember that you called me uh, because yeah. I know the story <laughs> and you called me when you discovered the letter and you're like, Oh my God, all these years I was thinking about Gabriel Yared in a wrong way. He yeah. didn't mean it this way. And sometimes, as you said, we we hear what we want to hear and we see what we want to see uh, uh, because it's hard to be to be objective and to 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 understand really what the person is trying to say. I love that story. I love that story. Okay, we, we're almost at the top of the hour, Eddie. But what I want to ask you at the end is from your experience, and I know that you were teaching in Canada as well, students. So from, from all of your experience, how do you think music and music education affect our character? Do you think that oh. it has a role? And I want to I wanna say something here, because I was having a discussion with Ricardo, and I told him that we have an expression in, in Lebanon that... I don't know if I can articulate it properly, but it's like music gets you cultured. Like it cultures you, right? It's beyond just education. It makes you cultured. So, so what do you say about that? Well, definitely. The, I mean, the influences of music is, is certainly something that is beyond what, at least for me now, is beyond what I can imagine. It's, it's pushing me to, to boundaries that I'm interested in to know more, especially like neuroscience and music. It's a field that is extremely, extremely interesting. I was, I was going with Oliver Sacks' book and I, I was extremely interested in music and the treatment of elderly people, especially with like degenerative diseases like Alzheimer and I don't know if dementia. So, so I wanted to, to study that. So that, that would be probably in my future plans because I'm into education and I like that. So that, that would be into, I want to further understand how music affects the brain, like from a scientific perspective, not just, okay, that's that. 
there's this one side of music and there's the other side of music as well, which is the influence of music on newborn. Mm. So you see there's the end and the beginning, if you want. So I want to try to understand and grasp what does music do before even questioning the influence on the culture itself as from an anthropology kind of perspective. So I'm interested more into the scientific or the, the actual effect on the brain and try to evolve that into something of like, if I can take it further. Now, as a, as a mirror of our culture, music is a mirror of our culture. Yes, definitely. It's like any other art. Recently, I guess it was last year when we shared that story of the artist who sold nothing for I don't know how much. And it, I'm, it's, it's I'm using it in a, all my workshops now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's that's the, the mirror of our culture right now. Uh, yeah, just for our audience to know, Eddie yeah. shared with me, actually your wife shared with me, his name is Salvadori, Salvadori Garo or something like that. And he sculpted nothing and, you know, and he sold it, right? And he called his invisible quote unquote sculpture, I am. And this hit me in the bone and I started using it in my, in my workshop. It's very I mean, true, right? Yeah. I mean, it's very I mean, true what he is. Yeah, he is. Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> so yeah, that's, 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 I mean, I'm not saying that our culture is nothing like that culture, sure. but sure. yeah, there's a big chunk of art that is trying to destroy the human existence of our culture. So for me, yeah, there is music that is empty, that doesn't resonate. And even though they have like followers or fans or whatever you want, it means nothing. It's like, just like the sculpture. And you have to understand that when you listen to music, don't listen. Like, it's like whatever you're eating, you won't eat garbage, right? So try to find music that resonates with you, that resonates with your values, with what you like in your life. Try to find music that elevates you, that makes you feel like sometimes just a, a melody from go, go check Corn uh, Gold. I mean, listen to his melodies and you'll feel like you can, you can own the world. You can just be on top of the world and be a Superman if you wanted to, or a superwoman. So, just listen to this kind of music and look for those elevation when you listen to. It's nice to have, like, uh, again, I have nothing against Britney Spears or any any other artist by 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 any means. It's nice to have the Motown from time to time. If you like to, I, I love blues. That's that's something I, I I really like. But I mean, yeah, it's nagging all the time, and it's like no, <laughs> it's not my life. But I like the music. So there's no, I, I listen to, well, lately to, to lo-fi chill music and chill pop and like those kind of new trends, just because I'm curious to know what's happening. I, I have nothing against any style of music or any genre, yeah. like literally, even sometimes, even if I find EDM or electronic music a bit too much repetitive with no interest whatsoever, but that's, that's the goal. They want to put you in a trance. So yeah. It's it's all about listening, understanding, and with no, how do you call it, préjugé, with no prejudgment. Pre, pre prejudgment. Listen yep. to any kind of music and try to form your own judgment. I love that. That's a beautiful ma message, Eddie. Thank you for that. And I want to thank you also for, or actually celebrate your, your mission, even if it's your future mission of understanding the brain of, of children or of the elderly. That's a beautiful mission. And, you know, whenever you start uh, your journey on it, we would love to help you in any way. Definitely. So, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we really thank enjoyed you. the conversation and we hope to do it again soon. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you for having me. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for listening to Ideas on Trial. We're going to put the links of Edmund website and our show note. You can also check his social media, Edmund Red, Twitter, Instagram, and I guess everywhere. Thank you for listening to Ideas on Trial.